Hi, friends. Hello, hello. You're listening to I'm Sorry What the Podcast with Ashley Sleek. I'm sorry, what? It's just like I showed up at your front door, bottle of wine in hand with 30 minutes of juicy ass gossip to talk about. Like, who doesn't want to do that? I'm sorry, what? We're just here to talk about all those moments that make you really question what's going on in life. Like, why are you hung up over Brad from Bumble? How did Kylie get pregnant again? And, you know, why are you living at home at the ripe age of 29? (laughs) Or is that just me? I'm sorry, what? Hello, hello, and welcome back to I'm Sorry What the Podcast. I'm Ashley Sleek, and I know it's Thursday and not Wednesday. My bad. Um, It has been a recovery journey since camp. Zero regrets. Definitely worth going, but I am just a little tired. But listen, that doesn't mean I'm sorry what Thursday is not going to be a good time, okay? I'm fresh out of therapy, okay? And like, listen... Hear me out and go to therapy, okay? I just, I know I advocate and advocate, but it's just like some of you fuckers need it. You really do. And I know that you don't, you hate me for saying it, but you do. And listen, I'm one of those fuckers. I need therapy and I am genuinely enjoying my time in it. Sometimes, does Andrew call me out on my shit? Yeah, um, a lot of the time. And and it's, it's a whole process. It's a whole thing, you know? But I, um... I'm so happy to be like in it. And we had such a great session today. And there was just things that's like there's just things in life that are really hard to process. And when you're in therapy, they process it like with you. So it doesn't feel as terrifying and isolating and all of those things. So listen, this is just I'm not going to say who you are. But I know there's people who listen to this podcast that would benefit from some good solid therapy. And you know who you are. You know who you are. So just do it. And now a lot of you are probably like, okay, which one of her fucking listeners does she think needs therapy? And you know what? I I didn't really have a thought in mind when I said it, but I just, ugh, it was just so great. And listen, happy Taylor Swift August, which in case you needed any more reason to go to therapy and continue this avocation process that I'm on, Taylor Swift August. I, in case you don't know, Taylor Swift released a song called August. I believe it's on Folklore. I could be wrong. Could be on Evermore. Honestly, the albums blend together. Don't hate me for saying that. I am who I am. And so anyways, in August, that then becomes the national anthem. I don't make the rules. I don't make the laws. Uh, it, it, it just it is what it is. So I listened to it on August 1st, like 100 times in a row. And then I hurt my own feelings and I had to stop. And then I just listened to Taylor Swift in general. And I was like, how come all you had to do was stay literally describes every single one of my relationships. And then I was like, you know what? This is something I can unpack in therapy. Thank God I'm in it. But we had so much to unpack. I didn't get there. But if you think that I won't, I will. Like, I will be talking to my therapist about why I think I relate so hard to specific Taylor Swift songs. Like, facts. Um, (laughs) uh, A couple fun facts about my apartment while you've been gone. You know, there's some basic things. You know, we already know it has no air conditioning. It has no dishwasher. It has, you know, um, no washer dryer. It also, you know, the stove light stays on no matter what, like the little button to tell you if the surface is hot, that doesn't turn off. There's also the fun fact that my neighbor's key unlocks the door. Um, You know, so balance wise, is it worse that I don't have air conditioning or that the neighbor's key 
unlocks my door. I don't know. I don't know which one of those is worse, but they're definitely not good qualities to look for in apartments. So here's the skivvy. Here's the rundown. So basically, before I went to camp the week before, um, I had therapy and I was running late. No, I wasn't running late. I'm sorry. Scratch that from the record. I was not running late. I was doing laundry. I had this perfect plan on how I was going to like set myself up for camp because I had a really fucking busy schedule. And as we know, I did not say yes to going to camp and I will explain more about camp later on. But I didn't say I was going till two weeks before. Normally I have months and months and months to prep. And so, um, you know, I'm I'm scrambling. I'm scrambling like eggs. And we have one washer dryer in the unit. And I'm like, OK, I'm going to have to use this. I'm going to need to be fully packed to get to Livermore on Friday so I could drive with Aaron and blah, blah, blah. And so anyways, of course, all day, someone just like leaves their fucking laundry, which is like apartment etiquette, like numero uno, like don't just leave your shit sitting in the laundry. But so I'm like literally making laps, running up and down the stairs, waiting for it to be done, whatever laundry they have in there. And at one of these turns, the door locks behind me, which first of all, it's not supposed to lock without the key. Like that's that was told to me. That was like a whole thing. So the fact that like I didn't have the key and the door locked and I was minutes from therapy and I knew I needed therapy before camp. I was like, I need to just like get my shit centered. I'm feeling really stressed out. I need Andrew. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm like locked out and my phone was dying. So I was like, yes, I could take it on my phone. But then I'm like taking it out here in the open. Like it just felt weird. Right. So I'm like calling the landlord. I'm like, is there any fucking way you can let me in by five? It's like 450 at this point. She's like, I don't know. Of course, I gave my dad a spare key, but he's like not in town. Also, we come to find out the spare key doesn't even work. So there's that. But, you know, then my neighbor walks up who we talked about before. He's, you know, an older guy, wears a bright orange shirt, kind of, you know, freaks me out a little bit. And, you know, I'm sitting out on the front porch and he's like, you know, what if... I like I, then I am like text me dad. I'm like, I'm about to get fucking trapped, by the way, by this guy. And I get to talk about my feelings therapy. And he's like, you know, what if we just tried my key? And I'm like, well, I really hope it doesn't work. Like, I really genuinely in my core hope that when you stick your key into my door, it does not unlock it. And sure enough, it does. So I'm like, OK, great. And he goes, well, you know, pl- please don't tell management about this. I'm like, oh, no, I'm telling management about this. He's like, well, I don't want to get in trouble. And I'm like, and I don't want you to have a key to my apartment. You know what I mean? Like, sorry, your feelings don't trump my feelings in this scenario. And he's like, well, I'm not going to do anything. And I'm like, you know what? I just feel like we shouldn't be having this conversation either way. Like in no world is this the conversation I am trying to be having with my neighbor, you know? So all this is to say that, of course, like then I had to camp and I call her back and I'm like, hey, I need a key switch immediately. You know, like I'm leaving town tomorrow. Is there any way you can make this happen? Of course I can't. And she's like, you got to put a maintenance request in. So like immediately when I get back, I put a maintenance request in. I just want to say that's four days ago and nothing. And I'm just like, I feel like I spent the majority of my year chasing down bitches to do what I need, whether it's like Airbnb or like a hotel or now maintenance. And I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. So I just kind of put a chair under the door. 
I lock my own door to my bedroom and I've been hoping for the best. So anyways, if this is the last podcast episode that you ever hear, I'm sorry it didn't come out on I'm sorry what Wednesday. And I'm also sorry that I'm so exhausted. Um, (laughs) uh, Also, all of the Disney blogs right now are posting about Halloween treats. And it just reminded me that like it's almost fall. And in case you're new to the podcast and new to my life, There's something very important you should know about fall. This is my power season, and I don't feel that I need to elaborate, but I will. There is a bad bitch mentality that just crosses over into fall. And my last year fall was so fun because I was like single. That's when I like got serious about dating. And I was like, I felt confident and crazy. And here's the thing. I've been having a healing girl summer. She's in therapy. She's learning to say no. She's learning to not be a people pleaser. She's not there yet. She's reading her stupid codependency anonymous book. She's not letting people like walk all over her, just cross back into her life. Right. So all that leads me to believe that I might have the baddest of bitches of fall. Like it's my 30th birthday. I don't know. It'll be the three year anniversary of the podcast, like three years We've had 100 episodes. We're going to hit three years in November. She's not in the mood to deal with people's shit, especially men, especially men, you know, like she's looking for a husband still. But like, you know, we're not out here playing games. I just feel like bad bitch falls approaching and I'm I'm fucking ready for it. Also, I will be going to Disneyland. Obviously, I am going to L.A. next week. I'm super excited I um I miss Eloy and George, period, explanation point. You know, so I haven't really like gotten my shit together, like and I miss Jasmine. Like I haven't got my shit together where I like tell everybody that I'm coming to LA like normal. I just literally like texted Eloy and George, texted Jasmine. I was like, Are you free? Like this weekend, what's the deal? I'm booking a flight. Like I've been trying to see them. I had thrown out this weekend like a couple of times, and then I was like, just fucking commit to it. So like I booked a flight. I'm heading out. I I leave Thursday. I'm coming back Sunday. It's going to be a short trip. But like, I just, listen, catch flights, not feelings, okay? And (laughs) I am trying to do all the healing girl shit because I'm ready to be there. And one of those things to me is like getting my ass down to LA. Now, will I be doing unhid shit and downloading Bumble and getting myself into some mischief like last time? Probably not. I'm not in the mood for mischief. I'm not saying it won't happen and won't find me, but I just want to hang out with my friends. I want to go get in a new location. I need to like move, you know, like camp was really great for me and I'm ready to have like, I'm ready to get brunch drunk with Eloy, George and Jasmine and just do my thing. You know, I'm really, I'm really thrilled about it. So I'm excited. Uh, L.A. trips coming. Bad bitch falls approaching. She's in a good place. And listen, this new place, this new mindset all really has to do a lot besides with therapy with me going to camp. So in case you're new to the podcast, new to my life, um, I have been attending the same camp since I was eight. So I attended as a camper. It's based off. It's from a church based off in Saratoga. Um, It's called St. Andrews Episcopal Church. The uh, camp is called Camp St. Andrews. And like I said, I have been going my whole life. I skipped a year in 2018 when I was like dealing with my Oregon stuff. 
And then I went in 2019 and then 2020 with COVID and 2021, we obviously had to shut down. And originally I was not going. I was like, I really don't have the time off. I'm in all these weddings, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I was just like, hey, you know, something inside me was like, if you can make it work, let's see if you can make it work. So about two weeks before I was like, okay, I think there's a chance that I can make it. And so I called in. I was like, hey, I think there's a chance I can go. Like, what do you think? And, you know, they're like, hey, sports is still open. So basically after being a camper, I was a counselor. And then um, a couple of years into me being a counselor, somebody, the person who was supposed to come run sports couldn't come at the last minute for a family emergency. So then I was like, hey, I'm an athlete at the time. I was like, I could totally run sports. So then I, I was like, I'm happy to take over this year and like, we'll see what happens. So I take over that year. Then the rest is history. I've been running sports for like 10 plus years. Right. And, you know, they're like, hey, sports is open. I was like, great. And the thing is, is like I have this problem <clears throat> and I feel like I always fucking cry when I talk about this, but like we're going to move on. We cry on the podcast. It's like normal. Uh, but I spent a lot of time convinced that it wouldn't matter if I wasn't there, you know, like so basically like with camp in particular, it's like I just didn't think anybody would care if I didn't show up. And that's not to say that my friends made me feel like I was worthless or anything like that. It has nothing to do with the way that people treated me. It has everything to do with the way that I treated myself and the way I thought about myself. I was just like, you know, it's really not that big of a deal. Like even when I see about coming, not coming, I'm like, it's not like I'm the staple person there that people are really going to like miss that much, you know, like it's fine. And then I I went and I realized that that statement's not necessarily true. Like I hadn't seen people in two plus years at this point. And I'm hearing all these stories about how I'm somebody that makes them feel comfortable, how, you know, they're so glad that I'm here. Like it would have been so different without me. And like, yes, there is like I can be mean to myself and be like, OK, that's something people just say. But in reality, it's not. No one no one has to say anything. And I wasn't like out here fishing for compliments. I was just existing and people were telling me nice things about myself. And I was like, oh, shit, like this is totally a thing. And then it, it just like raised my self-worth to a point that I needed. I needed, especially after this year, after, you know, a breakup, after a move, after like, you know, I mean, honestly, just the breakup in general. There's nothing more... I don't know, like nothing that makes you more insecure, in my opinion, than a breakup like that shit hurts. It fucks with your mind, no matter what the reason is, no matter how bad the breakup is, like it it just kind of does a number on you. And then I had to remember that, like, I haven't been to camp since the breakup even before. So I've been through two breakups since I've been to camp. And, you know, I feel like I healed a lot from the Jimmy breakup, but there's definitely still things that linger as would with anybody in any relationship. And there is a lot of like pain and insecurity. And then on top of the the last breakup, you know, like pain and insecurity. And so, you know, getting to feel so like I was worth something to people. And then it made me feel like I was worth something to me. And it was like all these things that my friends have been telling me all year and my whole life, like suddenly I was ready to believe them. And that's what my therapist and I were talking about. You know, my boy, Andrew, finally, you know, wasn't just about about me. You know, not that he ever chastises me, by the way, but, you know, 
puts me in my place. He like tells me what's up. And this was like, hey, look at you. You were finally open to receiving like good, solid, like love and compassion and friendship and positivity. Like, I think I've just spent so long being closed off. Like when people compliment me, I'm like, okay, like I'm sure they just said that because X, Y and Z or like, you know, I I always knew that what my friends was saying was true. It wasn't even like I needed to make an excuse for them. It was just like I knew it was true. I just wasn't ready to hear it or I needed to hear it, but I wasn't open to hearing it, you know, all these things. And it was just so wonderful, this feeling of being able to like accept people and and love them right back. And like I was giving love, I was receiving love. It was just such a wonderful experience. And, you know, there were so many things. And, you know, I really like a lot of things are put in perspective to me. Like, you know, my two of my really good friends, Kristen and Alan, they live out here in in the area. And since I've moved here, you know, um, they've been really great about like spending time with me and like just knowing that, you know, like I said, the the breakup being hard and like that being the reason I moved out here, you know, one of the, the major reasons. And then, you know, having them kind of like take me in and like hang out with me all the time. It made me feel like there was another reason I was here. And like, I feel like they really like kind of saved me in that aspect this year. And I'm so grateful. And like just being at camp with them, like and kind of telling the story of moving so many times and all these things. It was like, you know, I had these people who were like so excited that I was here, like so excited that I was in this area. And there was a lot of people from camp who also live in the area who were like so excited that I live closer now. And, you know, it made all these like kind of negative feelings about being out here. It just kind of made them like go away. And it it was just really, it was really an amazing experience. And, you know, it was just like another reminder that, listen, there were 17 year olds telling me that I was cool enough to tell me all the hot gossip. What more validation do I need in life? You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, what? Like, really, you're out here upset about like anything in this world when you like people just loved you for you. And like, not only it's not only that I got all the hot gossip of camp, but it was like the People were telling me of all different age groups, you know, from people my age to, you know, people that were older than me that I had been coming to camp with for years. And I was looking up to them. There were, you know, counselors that I had like in sports as campers that were older that were telling me like, hey, you make me feel comfortable and I'm happy that you're here. You know, like what a fucking experience. But that being said, like, let me just say I there was camp drama and I can't like get into all of it because it's just too much. But this is my favorite story of all time. It's that there was like and, and here's the deal. The My main rule at camp is that I hold I'm the Gretchen Wieners and my hair is full of secrets. I, I have the ability to like know all the drama that's going on at camp. And it's it's a title that I hold very near and dear. There's a couple reasons why. One, people trust me. Two, I'm centrally located in camp. Like sports, you have to pass it to get to just about every activity. So people just pop in, drop off their gossip and then leave. And I'm like, it's like being an aunt of gossip. But also it's like being an aunt of campers. Sometimes I'm like, just leave your campers here. I'll play basketball with them and like take a break or your campers will play basketball. You and I will be chatting and we'll just watch like it's just normal, like, you know, normal fun stuff that goes down at camp. And um, the other thing is that I, I I hold on to it 
Like, I know what gossip is like fun for sharing with others and what's just for us, you know? So there's like a level of trust built there that I've acquired over the years to hold this specific title. And here's the thing. So one of the things I learned early on, and and this was something that was being told to multiple of us staff slash counselors. So that's why I don't feel bad as much sharing at the world, because it was like one of the funniest things I've ever heard, because Obviously, I was like, okay, I hear whispers that there's some sort of love triangle going on. And this girl's like, oh, no, no, no. It's a W. And I'm like, tell me, tell me more. First of all, the fact that you came in hot and you're like, no, 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 let me scratch the love triangle. It's a love W. And she was confident and she was like, I'm fucking telling you this shit. I'm like, let's go. So basically the way in which is the W is that there's a top point and there was a, a, a guy at the top point. Let's call him like, I don't know, Bo. I'm going to do Vanderpump rules, OK, because it's going to be easier. That's the names I'm going to use to switch this up. So there's Bo at the top of the W. At the bottom of the W is Stassi, OK? And then um, so Bo and Stassi, she likes she Stassi likes Bo, you know, undetermined. If if like this isn't her words, you know, that Bo also likes her. So there's lat love connection going on. And then there's Jax at the top of the W, like the indent. OK. And like Jax and Stassi also have a little bit of a thing. And then you drop down on the other W. And in that corner is like Kristen Doty and Kristen Doty and Jax. They also kind of have a thing. But it's like so it's like, OK, so now that's like kind of the triangle right is the Stassi Jax Kristen thing but there's also the top pieces because there's the other guys so then at the top of Kristen is James Kennedy you know and those two kind of have a thing but like not really I was so like after missing two years of camp I was like usually the drama comes from our little like LITs like our early high schoolers and they're all like their hormones are crazy and they're like I think so-and-so is cute I'm gonna ask him the dance no one upped by our first year counselors with their fucking W love triangle. It was so undisappointing. And the fun thing was, is like I got to talk to each point of the W. So then I heard the story from all different angles. My favorite part of the W was that Bo and fucking James Kennedy didn't even know they were a part of it. They've heard whispers of the W, but they didn't know where they landed. So then I got to be the, the one of honor to tell them where they landed on the W. And the best, best, best part about all of this was that they were all friends and they took a picture together flashing the W. Like they were in it to win it. There was no shame in the game. Oh, my God. It was a chef's fucking kiss. I could not have planned it better myself. Ten out of fucking ten. I told them I want the framed photo of the W like up in my house because I'm so unbelievably proud. The other thing about camp that's really fun is that, you know, we're a bunch of people who love each other that see mostly are only together once a year. Right. So that means that obviously we drink together after. So I decided because since I'm in Campbell now that I would host the Saturday night extravaganza, which is like basically anyone, any 21 plus stuff staffer came over. I had cheese that's out. I had wine. It was a whole shebang. But what was fun was, OK, so I had my my bestie, Cameron, loved him for years, one of my favorite human beings on the planet. So him and I were taking morning hot girl walks. So here's the thing. I totally fucked up my Apple Watch situation because I burned so many goddamn calories. And, you know, when you are an Apple Watch person 
And like, so the ne- if you work out really hard one week, the next week it's like, let's increase your goals. And I was like, please don't fucking base shit off this week. Okay, because everything's up a mountain. And here's the thing. It's like, I come back from camp looking my most bang in. It's, the, it's just a factual situation. It's because and I would never, never promote starvation. But this is just what I'm saying. It's like, I don't, I can't eat everything. So it's like a salad and a cookie is like the standard meal for me. And then I have to walk everywhere. So mostly it's not just it's not the eating. OK, it's the fucking walking. Everything's up a goddamn hill. It's dirty. I'm sweating. It was also so hot. So I was doing all my sweat girl walks. And, you know, and of course, it's like, would this be the time that I would love to run into any of my exes? Of course. But that's not God's plan. God's plan is like, yeah, when you're looking your shittiest, that's when you're going to like run into them out and about. And, you know, this is also a problem as a side note, because I need to get my dress altered for Jenna's wedding. But I know that I can't get a dress right now because I was like, this isn't normal. I am not doing hiking every fucking day. So anyways, all this is to say that Cameron and I were taking hot girl walks and watching the sunrise in the morning. So it was really fun. And then, you know, we were talking about like dating and all this stuff and online dating, how much it sucks ass. Um, Although, you know, you know, I enjoy the journey. It's just it is a climb. And so when we were back here, I was like, may I play on your hinge, you know, and the way I was like pulling bitches. okay, I felt like I was in my prime. I was spinning game. It was called success. okay. I was literally coaching him. And here's the important thing. If you are a single man, okay, or a a single lesbian, let me tell you about talking to females. okay? because here's the biggest tip that I gave him, because I was like he would draft a text and then I would go in and edit it. And what I was telling him that was bothersome was that he wouldn't ask questions or follow up on the things that she was saying. Like he was doing a job of asking like other questions, but it was like, okay, she was talking about how she's like, oh, I'm sewing a dress today. And then, you know, how was your day? And then he would just tell her how her day was. No, 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 no. That's not the strategy. Ask about the dress. She told you about the dress. Ask about it. Nobody just throws something out there unless they want to be asked questions about it. Okay. Like this is a conversation starter. Don't kill the conversation by just answering her question. No, no, no. Ask more. Let's engage. So anyways, I get this bitch a fucking date for Tuesday night, which he told me it was a bust. And I was so disappointed because I was like, I want you to marry this bitch. And I want to officiate because I did this, you know, and listen, it's okay that it didn't work out because all that matters is that he put himself out there, took the risk, went on the date. And that's all that matters. That's like a sign for everybody. But I'm just saying I was pulling bitches and I just need to do that for the, myself. I've decided, obviously, listen, here's the thing about me and dating is that I constantly am going back and forth on like taking breaks and jumping into it right now. OK, one of the things I told my therapist early on about dating is that I didn't want to date because I was lonely. And I know I've talked about this on the podcast before. I feel like when you date, when you're lonely, it just it's like I'm never not going to be lonely, of course. But if you're dating just because you're lonely, The problem is, is that then you might start to get desperate and you're just like avoiding the red flags. And it makes you more sad because like dating in general makes you feel even more lonely because then you're like getting rejected every five seconds and ghosted a ton. So I just feel like when I'm feeling these low, lonely points, like it's not my time to get on the apps, if that makes sense. So this is just like a week off for me, basically. And um, because I just I don't know, I came home from camp and I was just feeling like I don't know. I was feeling lonely, which is totally normal and fine and okay. 
But I was like, I don't want to like, I want to make sure I'm in a headspace where I'm looking for a partner because I want somebody to enhance my life, not because I need somebody around, if that makes sense. Uh, Therapy 101. So anyways, it was a great time spitting game for Cameron. And um, I hope that when I'm ready to go back, I can spit game for myself. And it's also really funny because obviously I had written out notes for an episode in case I was able to do one before camp. And of course, that has to do with me following up on Magic Johnson. (laughs) So I finished the Magic Johnson documentary. And can I just say, first off, first and foremost, Cookie went through some fucking shit. Was that is that her name? Yes. Cookie really put up with some fucking bullshit justice for Cookie. Cookie Johnson, I feel like, does not get the fucking shit she deserves. This bitch went through so much shit. For Magic fucking Johnson, like, okay, so let me give you the short and sweet, you know? She, like, finds him in his, like, college days, I believe. He proposes to her and calls it off, like, I want to say three fucking times. Three times. But she's like, this is my soulmate. Like, it is what it is. And she went from, like, not getting invited to games. She's like, fuck off, Magic Johnson. And then, like, you know, then he finally invites her to games. They feel comfortable. He proposes. He calls it off. And this whole thing repeats itself again. And she does her healing. Then he comes back. And I'm like, which, by the way, it's not a message to everybody. Not every man's going to, like, come back and be Magic Johnson. and It's all going to work out. You know what I mean? So, like, relax. But here's the deal. Like, I just couldn't fucking believe, like, how many times this happened. And then, so they're finally fucking happy, right? Like, finally happy. And then... And, and she's like pregnant and then he gets like fucking AIDS. You're just like the timeline, the t- the time line. OK, because obviously like it's like Magic Johnson's tragic story and like him having to hit- end his basketball career early. Oh, that was like so hard to watch. But like, listen, as a girl's girl watching the cookie story, I was like, this bitch deserves her own documentary. I'm just like justice for cookie. Anyways, um, the the best part of of the thing to me was that Dr. Fauci shows up like I know in the last episode I was like in what documentary do you have both Bill Clinton and President Obama no no one up the Fauci is there like Dr. Motherfucking Fauci king of COVID literally is in this documentary because he's talking about like the, the AIDS crisis and all this stuff and I'm like you're just sitting there thinking like this guy was around trying to prove to people that AIDS was a disease that they could take seriously and then you're just like was Dr. Fauci's entire existence built around trying to prove to people that illnesses are real? Is this literally the hill that Fauci is going to die on? Why don't we just listen to this man? He was he's been right at every turn. So we didn't learn. That's all I kept thinking. I was like, God, Americans, we really we really don't fucking learn like that. We really fucking don't like Fauci's out here being like, hey, AIDS is a big deal and it's important. It's not just a gay disease. Right. And we're all like, fuck you, Fauci. And then it's like, hey, COVID's out here. It's a real fucking thing. It's going to kill people. And we're like, fuck you, Fauci. And it's like, everybody dies. Hello? Justice for Fauci, justice for Cookie. That is all I've learned in this documentary. But also Magic Johnson really went through some shit and that was sad. It was also really great hearing about EJ, um, Magic's son. It was wonderful to hear the journey. I love that EJ just like wasn't fucking into sports. There's something about like athletes, children who don't care about sports. I just love, you know what I mean? It's like that's because it's teaching them the whole world's not sports, you know, and I just really, really loved it. And, um, you know, the other thing I couldn't believe 
which like this this is really tragic to me and no justice for this person. But the fucking radio host who decided to break the news and spill the story on Magic Johnson was so fucked. And the fact that they had that fucker in the documentary. I was like, oh, uh-uh, straight to jail, straight to jail. That was one of those stories that I think is so fucking unfair. Listen, I know I love the tea and the drums and like. I don't love when people slip stories about like someone getting married, like let them announce that themselves. But that is nothing compared to somebody having a huge illness and not being able to like tell the world themselves as someone who put their life out there for the world, you know, played against all the odds for a sport that he loved. Yes, but to entertain the people and then you reward him by like him getting a fucking illness that he's trying to figure out how to deal with himself and you just tell everybody that was never the kind of media person I wanted to be. Like, I'm sorry, what? What a fucking asshole. What a dick. I'm so mad. Like, OK, did it feel good to be the first person to break the news? Like, no. Ugh. Made me so mad. It made me so mad. But anyways, I highly recommend this Magic Johnson documentary. I had a great time watching it. Justice for Cookie, Justice for Fouch. Um, and then a little bit of a celebrity um, gossip hot moment. What the fuck is with Joshua Bassett and Olivia Rodrigo's photos from the premiere? What was that shit about? You know what I mean? I know you saw them. I know you saw them. If you did not, look them up. So High School Musical, the musical, the series, season three debuted. And they had, you know, their red carpet event. And Joshua and Olivia were serving fucking looks together. In case you don't know, in case you're like, Ashley, who the fuck are you talking about? They play... You know, quote unquote, they're the Troy and Gabriella of the series. OK, but they dated in real life. And that's what the entire driver's license album is about or sour. Sorry, the entire sour album is about because he was dating Sabrina Carpenter and then Sabrina Carpenter has a whole ass album about basically all the aftermath, which I've talked about in later episodes. You can go back and listen. And like the fact that these two were together serving looks and like getting romantic on the red carpet. Explain. Explain. Was this just. A publicity thing because it worked for me. It worked for me. I was going to tune in anyways. But now I'm like, OK, you got my scooby row. You got my Scooby-Doo ears perking. I, I'm I'm floored. I'm floored and I'm flustered. Also, in some TikTok drama. OK, so there's this guy named Little Huddy. He was dating Charlie D'Amelio for a long time. TikTok, like princess of TikTok, right? So they've been like on again, off again. It's very confusing. There's rumors he cheated on her, blah, 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 blah. They're kind of one of those two people that you're like, all right, they're not dating, but they're always going to be together. But now Charlie is dating Travis Barker's son, right? So then Little Honey puts out a diss track and it says, um, what is it? He's a showstopper, a bat. She's a showstopper, a bad liar, a homie hopper and a drama starter. And listen, I have never had a man write a revenge song about me. I don't think I piss anybody off enough, but like. How fun. And the fact that this has backfired on him so bad because people were like, yeah, fuck. Like his thoughts like, yeah, fuck Charlie. No, what every girl's doing right now is doing like the five finger challenge. This song is like, yep, I'm I'm a showstopper. I'm a bad liar. I'm a homie hopper and I'm a drama starter, which for me, it's like I I'm a showstopper for sure. I 1000 percent a bad liar. I have never homie hopped and I don't think I will in my old age. I'm hoping that's not really a thing. But I'm and and here's my deal. 
I don't think I'm a drama starter. I think I keep the flame ignited. You know, I'm not one to go start drama, but I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it burn. And I, I might like put an extra log on that fire just for funsies, but I'm not a drama starter. So I'm a couple of those things, you know, but I just absolutely love that. It like totally backfired on him. It's like, oh, you think you're going to have a diss track and just kidding. Hi friends. I'm so excited to talk to you about one of my new favorite brands, Kitsch. I don't know about everyone else, but I'm going back into the office and Kitsch has not only been so useful from work from home life, it is also very helpful for going back into the office. So listen to this. I started with the very cute like cheetah print satin pillowcase that I'm obsessed with. It sets the tone for my new bedroom. I'm in love. And honestly, it really does make my skin and hair feel better. And I'm not just shitting you on that. And then when I was working from home, listen, I would do this thing where I would take a shower and then I would throw my hair up in the towel scrunchie. And then like when I felt like getting out of my pajamas and I had to have a meeting, I would go blow dry my hair and it cut down the time astronomically. And then now I've got like the little ice roller thing because now I have to be up and like get in a car and drive to work. So I need to wake my ass up. And the ice roller just does just that. And it's so amazing, so helpful. And then I also got the heatless curler. So I can like curl my hair in that little, you know, pillow looking thing. And then I drive to work and I take it out and bam, I look flawless. I highly recommend Kitsch. They have all sorts of amazing products. Like I just named a bunch, but they have so much more. And you can get 15% off with promo code AshleySleek15. That is Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-E, Sleek, S-L-E-E-K, 15 and you can visit the link in my bio on Instagram to shop super easy. It's at Ashley Sleek on Instagram. Okay, bye. Okay, so listen, as I mentioned, I'm not really like dating at the moment. I have like one kind of funny dating story, but I feel like I had to be in the mood to tell it. And I'm not sitting here telling you that because you're like, oh my God, I'm missing out on something big. It wasn't that big of a story. I'm just like not really in the mood to tell it. I, I think I'm just still like too tired. I have been literally falling asleep at like 5.30 every day. She, it's it's giving old. It's getting old ass woman who can't fucking hang. But I mean, in my defense, I was like, I was up at 5 a.m. for a hot girl walk. And then it was like, I come back, I shower. I would like post on the camp socials. I would do my thing. We have breakfast. And then it like jumps into your whole day, you know? And, it, and I have zero complaints about it. It's just like, it was a lot of go, go, going for somebody who does not go, go, go. So, um... I'm just tired. So I'm just giving a little teaser Rooney and maybe I'll tell the story next week and maybe I'll change my whole mind on dating by next week. Like, you know what? I am just full of surprises. I surprise myself every day. But anyways, I'm in this good place and I'm enjoying it. So um, I'm just not going to like fuck around with it too much. So all this is to say, let me get into my really quick. I'm sorry. What moment? I'm sorry. It's going to be like a shorter episode this week, but like I said, I'm fucking tired, you guys. You got to give like this old bitch a break. Um, so my I'm sorry what moment is super random, but I think it's relevant. I will never understand why people insist on posting pictures of spiders on social media. I just genuinely I don't I don't get it. I don't get it because here's my beef with it. It's like I I don't want to see it. And I'm not I'm not concerned that you saw a spider today. It's like people. OK, there's a couple things. Actually, I guess the I'm sorry. What moment is people who like post disgusting shit on social media in general? I don't want to see your swollen toe. I barely want to see your baby. I'm like putting up with that shit. And some of your babies are cute. So some of them I do want to see, but they're not all created equal. 
I and I have a really big problem with spit up. So this is mostly it. I have a problem with spit up. I can't handle it. It's my big baby no no. And so it, when you're posting pictures of your kids spitting up, bleh, I can't. And then it's followed by like, oh, grandma stubbed her toe. Let me look at this bright purple. No. And then it's like, here's the spider that's living in my closet. No, no. Listen, I'm a big proponent of posting what you want on social media, right? Like, I think that people should be honest about their feelings. I think people should be vulnerable. I'm into all that shit, blah, 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 blah. But there's some shit I just don't need to see. I just I really don't like do I want like what I used to love about social media back in the day was like when someone would change their status to it, it's complicated. And then all the comments would be juicy high school dating drama like that was the peak of Facebook, like in its decline since then. So then now we have Instagram and I don't get as much juicy drama. But, you know, we do get the soft launch of guys. And I really appreciate that. Um, and, and that's what it's for. It's for me to keep up with your cute outfits and your cute drama and all that good shit and your real life stuff that's going on. Right. Except for the gross things. Like, I just wish I could put a ban on seeing nasty things. Like, how do I ban spiders from my newsfeed? Because they always do an up close picture. It's like so it's like then you can see it's hair. Oh, my God. I never want to get close enough to a spider when I where I can see that it's hairy. That's too much for me. I draw the fucking line like we do not need to post that on social media. You know, this is this is Ashley Sleek's social media tips. Don't be a dick. Don't post spiders. Don't post drool and don't post weird fucking injuries. Like I'm sure there's like the dark web for that shit. You know what I mean? That's where they where's where the fucking feet fetish people are from OnlyFans. Like go live with them in the dark depths of the weird web. Like not with me. Not with me casually scrolling through my Instagram and having to chuck my phone across the room because you decide to post a picture of your garden spider. Fuck off. <laughs> all right. I know this was a little bit quicker of an episode, but thank you for letting me get all my spiritual shit out there. I really feel like I'm getting to such a much, a much better place. And I think a lot of it has to do with this podcast. I love doing it. And, you know, it's really hard for me when I don't do it. I feel sad. And like this week was hard not getting to it. I missed you all so much last week. I missed getting to talk to you about like the dumb shit going on in the world and like moments that just make us go, I'm sorry, what? And, um, you know, I had the best time ever at camp and there was a part of me that just really thought I couldn't do it. And I think that's a big part of the reason I wasn't going to go was I was like, I don't know. I am not in this good place. I'm tired. And, you know, it ended up being something that was really perfect for me and exactly what I needed and put me in a better confidence headspace and like really helped me believe in who I am. And so, you know, this is your sign to like try something, you know, volunteer, do something good for the community, do something good for yourself, like believe in yourself, love yourself. I fucking love you. I love you that you listen to this podcast. Thank you for choosing me to listen to today. And I can't wait to see you next week. Hopefully there's more ratchet shit as I lead into my big LA vacation. And I love you all so much. Please like, comment, subscribe and download and have the best week ever. Okay, bye.